Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the BH Drum Pod, presented by bhdrumacademy.com. My name is Ben Hodges, and uh, today's episode is a special one. Um, we are going to be beginning um, a interview series on our podcast, um, and it's a chance for us to be able to talk to lots of other musicians from a variety of different backgrounds and a variety of different instruments and also a variety of different genres. Uh, we are going to be talking to uh, some guitarists, some lead singers, some bass players, some auxiliary instruments, and also we're going to get a chance to talk to some other drummers from some uh, other local bands, but also some major acts as well throughout the podcast. Um, so from these interviews, Interviews. I'm hoping that you'll find something to connect with. Um, as, as you know, the drum, the podcast has always been about drums. Um, so even though the person I'm talking to might not be playing drums, uh, it is all in relation to drums and what their relationship is uh, for uh, with a drummer in the sense of uh, when you're playing with a drummer, whether it's just a practice or you're starting to get involved with bands or you're recording with a drummer, uh, what kind of things uh, impact does a good drummer have uh, on these other instruments? And what kind of things do they need from a drummer to be successful uh, in a live music setting? Lots of my clients that I work with are starting to get themselves involved with bands. And so I thought uh, that hearing these different perspectives and hearing these different needs or opinions about uh, being working with other people is going to be super valuable. Uh, my first guest uh, for this interview series is Max Dupas. Uh, I met Max at a recording session uh, quite a while ago, and I've been actually uh, playing with him, uh, playing a country um, with uh, country rock with a local artist called J.R. Sharon. Um, and uh, he is a, a jack of all trades. This guy can play guitar. He can play bass. He's an audio engineer. He writes and records his own songs. He plays with other people. He's a sessionist. Um, and he is by far one of the best guitar players I've ever got a chance to work with. Um, he's a great singer. Uh, this guy can really do it all. And every time him and I get together, we nerd out about uh, everything to do with music and thoughts and feelings and uh, about uh, certain genres of music and our inspirations and so on. Uh, I feel like you are going to have learned a lot from Max. Um, and uh, it turned out to be a really great conversation about uh, about everything music. Uh, so without further ado, uh, enjoy my conversation with Max Dupas. Max, I got to tell you, buddy, I'm uh, I'm actually super stoked that you're here because you and I got the chance to work together as uh, as musicians for a little while playing with uh, J.R. Sharon. Yep. Um, and actually, first time I met you was at a recording studio when I walked in to this recording studio uh, when we were recording one of his EPs and uh, I was the new drummer on scene and you were the guitarist for hire. And uh, holy moly, I just remember two words, chicken picking. Oh. <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, really, really... Uh, uh, really exciting to watch you play, but as I got to know you, I've I've noticed uh, uh, you have interesting perspectives, and uh, we like to chat a lot about music. And um, why I advise you here is uh, I, I really value your opinion uh, for oh, at least well, thank what you. we're talking about this stuff. So uh, I guess for the listeners' sake, um, to start off with, um, people want to know a little bit about who you are and what you do. So uh, tell me, maybe tell the listeners a little bit about what you uh, what your credentials are. 
are, what you do, what your music history is, all that jazz. All right, definitely. And uh, happy to be here with you too there, Ben. Um, hey, everybody. My name is Max Dupas, or otherwise Hamburger Island. Um, I'm a singer songwriter. Which is the best Instagram <laughs> handle ever. I saw, I did, there's nothing to do with hamburgers, but it's the best. <laughs> yeah, just uh, it's uh, it's funny. It came from a small island in a river near where I live that everybody calls Hamburger Island. So <laughs> it was just kind of one of those nice location so names. Random. I love it. Um, yeah, I'm a singer songwriter. I've been um, writing songs for about 26, 25 years. Um, I'm a guitarist, uh, multi-instrumentalist. I play bass and some harmonica and some keys. I'm a recording engineer and sometimes a live sound engineer. I've written more than 600 songs and I've, uh, created dozens of albums of my own and been on dozens of other people's albums. So it's been a good life as a musician. Yeah. Like you're pretty much the jack of all trades, really. Like every time I talk to you, you're like, I, I'm recording for this people. I'm, I'm setting, I'm writing songs for these people. I'm performing over here. It's uh, you're a busy guy. I'm just lucky to get the opportunity to spend some, uh, time with so many different musicians in different genres and get to enjoy music with them and learn things and yeah, just have a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's kind of exactly why I, I've been so psyched psyched to talk to you about this because I mean as you know and as you know from this podcast it's uh, we're talking we talk drums here all the time and um, I mean that's kind of what the point of BH Drum Academy is all about I'm instructing people and giving them some basics on drums so having your experience with working with tons and tons of different musicians and different genres uh, I mean I'm, I'm taking a guess here but chances are you probably worked with a variety of different drummers in your past am I right there? Yeah that would be correct and and in a variety of different genres as well. So yeah. from jazz to hard rock to metal and everything in between. Yeah. So um, so not to be kind of off topic, but uh, the questions I'm going to ask you are not going to be probably pertaining to guitar, which I'm sure you probably want, you can nerd out about, about sound and recording and all that stuff, which I might invite you back to have a chance to talk about those things. But um, I'm going to keep us on track here about talk about drummers. Um, and the conversation I want to have with you is just about, uh, what you need from a drummer's perspective. Okay. Um, so as a musician who works with a drummer and, uh, I will asterisk this by saying, because I played with you before, I'm not looking for secret feedback about, please tell me how I'm doing good. Oh. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not looking for that by all means. Um, no, I, I, I want to kind of approach it from perspective. If you, uh, could write a textbook to all drummers, or you could send a message to all drummers about, uh, things that they should improve on things that they need. Need, uh, in your opinion, now that you've been through the biz, that's kind of the direction we're going with. Yeah, so, absolutely. Sounds um, great. First question I want to ask you is, uh, we often get, uh, I often get lots of questions, uh, from my online audience about, um, about what being a good drummer is. And I've heard that all my life, uh, from after playing shows and like, Hey, great job, man. You did, you did awesome. But I come off the stage thinking I did an absolute crap job. I, I feel like I messed this up, messed this up. I come off worse the, going in, but people out in there in the audience are like, you're a great drummer. And now that I see 
online, looking at the online spaces, people on uh, social media who do drum covers or drum schools themselves, um, people are often fascinated with how fast or how cool the fills are or how cool their tricks are. Like I saw a guy who just pours paint all over his drums and, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and that was his, that was his thing. He poured paints over John, but people loved that stuff. Uh, so I guess kind of what I want to ask you is in your opinion, like, what do you think makes like a good drummer? Like the, like good being in quotation marks, like what would you like kind of things would you identify uh, like a good drummer has what, like, okay. what do you think? Well, and, uh, since this, um, whole podcast is just for people who are more interested in becoming good drummers. I'm going to start with some things that are very simple here. Good drummers, one, own drums. <laughs> they also own the means with which to move the drums. Hey, fair enough. Or they have uh, somebody who can help them with that. I've had many conversations with people that have offered to drum for me or other people that have either not owned drums or a vehicle with which to move them. So we're just going to get those two things out of the way. And um, Fair point. Logistics. I like it. <laughs> otherwise, um, having a passion for music in general and not just your standard kit drums, but drums from all around the world um, and the understanding of the history of drums, how they make you feel, whether it's a giant taiko drum or a Irish hand drum to your standard rock kit, um, a passion to have um, that like a level of knowledge about all kind of drums and understand that job is, I think, pretty critical. And also to um, not just be hyper-focused on the drums themselves, but the roles that they serve in the world of music, playing with other musicians. Um, good drummers um, seek out knowledge to become better at their craft and, and do it on a regular basis. Um, good drummers always practice um, diligently. Um, they have schedules that you can work with and they make room for you in their schedules. And, um, you know, they have, you know, a broad taste is going to be a very good thing to have to become a good drummer. Mm -hmm. um, beyond that, um, what, uh, once you've gone through all of that, what makes a drummer good? And, um, you know, the answer is, teamwork if you're in um, a multi-person musical environment because your individual talent means basically nothing once you are amongst a bunch of people in a live setting because um, a live music or even recorded live music is going to be a ton about teamwork, recognizing what is happening at that time and how everybody in the group can support each other. Yeah. Like, uh, and I've, I, it, I completely echo everything that you're saying there. Like, uh, I think we have to understand, and I think drummers, in my opinion, I think drummers have to understand that they're a part of the whole and really, and when it comes to a band's band scenario, like each member in a band has something to contribute with, um, <laughs> chances are the drummer is not like 
the one person who is a solo artist. <laughs> There's not really many solo artists that are uh, just drums and that's it. Like people don't necessarily pay money to go see just a drummer in concert. Unless no, you not get that to, often. Yeah, unless yeah. you get to legend status like a Travis Barker or the late great Neil Peart or something like that, right? Yeah. Where you, or Todd Zuckerman. Like people are who are known for, oh, there's going to be an epic drum solo in in this person's set. So that's that's got to be cool, right? Um, but yeah, it's, that's, that's always been, uh, for all these, these years, drummers have to be a part of the whole. It always has to be something that, um, that you all work together with that. So now that like, so now I kind of know a little bit about how you think, uh, about what, what like makes a good drummer. Um, there's lots of, as you can imagine, like roles that a drummer might play in a band, not just, you know, as, as part of the whole, um, there's some misconceptions or, I mean, maybe not misconceptions, I should say, because some of them are reality. In fact, of some people firmly believe that the drummer's job is to be the, uh, the timekeeper or the drummer's job is to, um, add some flair and pizzazz or the drummer's job is to, um, you know, stay as solid as possible. Uh, and the driving force that the secret sauce that keeps the band together. Like, so when you played with lots of drummers or where there's jams or whether it's gigs or recordings and everything like that, like what are some things that you, you need from a drummer to, to execute well? Like, what are some things like, what's like, these kind of roles that you need a drummer to be like, what kind of thing do you need that drummer to be in a band setting? Well, um, I mean, the timing is an important thing. Um, but, um, I wouldn't say that timing is even as important as tempo. Um, honestly, what I need most from my drummer is to be in a sort of a place where they can see the, the big picture of what's happening in each song and to make musical choices you know, and have good feel and, um, but yeah, musical, good musical choices is, and good rhythmic choices is easily the most important thing I need from, from any drummer because, you know, being extremely technically quick, um, sure. Maybe it's something that you can do sometimes in a song. Is it best for the song? Who knows? Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe, um, maybe you, uh, have drums that are, uh, very loud, or maybe you are a hard hitter and sometimes that can be incredible. Um, if you are outdoors with an enormous audience, then that can be great. If you're in a small room, sometimes it's less great. So, you Mm -hmm. know, being, uh, drummers that are self-aware, um, that can make good musical choices based on the setting that they're in despite what they might feel like they want to do or what they feel their greatest strengths are, um, that would be what I need from a drummer. And even speaking from the, an aspect from other musicians with different instruments that, um, you're not going to get to show off your greatest gifts in every song Mm. (laughs) because it's not always, it's actually not even often the best choice musically for most songs. Yeah. Fair, fair. I think that there's a uh, time and place, 
really of like when you can uh, have space in songs. Like they say, like, you know, we don't want something super tech. I've heard in band scenarios before, like, hey, let's not do something super technical here um, during this part because we want to give some space for this instrument to shine or like during like say mm-hmm. a guitar solo or uh, a singer singing, like you don't want to overshadow somebody as well. Uh, the keep it, do, you, do you believe the keep it simple um, uh, motto, I guess, applies for drummers? Well, I think it applies for all musicians and um, especially in a world of rhythm, uh, starting things off simply is uh, usually a great, you know, footing. And, uh, you know, when people start to gel more with the rhythm is when a drummer can start to add things that are a little bit more rhythmically complicated without throwing things right off. Um, I mean, if a drummer starts with some sort of bizarre polyrhythm at the beginning of a song that the band is not familiar with, it could be very difficult for the other band members to really dig in and gel with that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, uh, building with simple ideas is, is going to really warm up the drummer themselves and also the people that they're with, where they're going to be able to get to a point where if it is correct for that piece that uh, they're going to be feeling more comfortable if they want to add things that are more technically difficult. Yeah. I found that one um, big misconception uh, that I, I heard from lots of bandmates that I've worked with is, um, is that I'm on my own little Island <laughs> as like a, like drummers are on their own little, uh, little daydreaming thing They're they're just playing what's kind of in their soul or their, their beat and their own, their own, feel at that moment. Uh, but what people don't realize is, uh, I didn't realize when I was a young drummer is that often people are trying to follow me, uh, and follow like what my kick drum is doing, for example, like that some I've seen bass players, uh, try to match their strumming pattern to my kick drum and certain genres of music. Yeah. And that's extremely common in, um, in not just rock music, but also in full orchestra or symphonic music or in many different genres on this earth to have um, instruments that are more in charge of rhythm to either to, you know, try to syncopate to some degree. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. thousand percent. It's uh, I, I couldn't, I started trying to think of this as a, as an, another topic for an, an episode for a podcast, but like, I think I talked about, um, on, on an earlier episode, uh, some mis misconceptions or some stereotypes about, about drumming, uh, that, ex- that exists, whether it's, and, and like stereotypes come from everything like stereotypes about blonde haired people or whatever. Right. And staring at the juice box and saying, Oh, concentrate, you know, funny things like that. But, uh, f- funny, there's, there is some stereotypes about drums that have perceived. And I kind of was wondering as I thought maybe a qu- an interesting question to ask Max while you're here was, you know, do you have any weird, not, not to put you on the spot and judge you by whatever misconceptions or stereotypes you might think for drummers. Like, but, uh, has it, has there ever been like the stereotype that you've always thought about drummers, um, like throughout your music career? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a few and there's some that I have heard from other people. And, um, one of my favorite stereotypes, which might not be, uh, true for all drummers or bands is that in my experience, the drummers 
stores are always getting the cute girls or guys. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, people would usually say singers and guitar players, but from what I've seen, it's mostly drummers. Um, yeah. Uh, cannot confirm. <laughs> be, um, in a more technical way. Um, the, I think the one huge stereotype, uh, and it might not be a stereotype and it could just be a bit of a, a fact is that, um, a huge majority of the drummers I've met and worked with were, have not spent enough time learning how to tune their drums. Mm. Um, and it's extremely noticeable or skinning them properly, et cetera. Um, and uh, choices that you can make tuning the top skin to the bottom skin, whether it be semi-tune off, whole tone, whole tone off, a third off, or a fifth off, um, they all have uh, very different sounds. And yeah, a, a huge amount of the drummers I've worked with, even if they're very good drummers, um, were not really musically smart enough to understand the difference that properly tuned drums can make in a song. Oh, thank you for saying that. I feel like this has been my motto I've been talking about in a long time is learning the skill of tuning your drums. It's uh, that's a very essential skill that uh, I think all drummers definitely need to learn that. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, back in the day, you were mostly having to do it with your ear. And uh, nowadays, it's um, if you're a drummer starting out and you want to get into learning about drum tuning, there's a massive amount of resources available for you online and in books. And there's also a lot of really great drum tuning devices that you can get that are not too expensive. Although with enough know-how, most simple tuners could work. Um, and it's actually a really great time for drummers starting out. If they want to learn about tuning drums, it's the easiest it's ever been to learn about it and learn about the difference it can make. Yeah, 1000%. That's what actually I personally use too. So like I have videos on my BHM Academy YouTube and website website that go through tuning of each ones. And in that process, I do it by, by ear and by like a certain number of turns and you get kind of pretty close, but, um, there is a, for drummers that is, you know, you go by sound. I think developing your ear is, is important as well. Sometimes we're like, it sounds like a drum. So it's, it's a drum, but now there's a difference. So it sounds like a well-tuned drum versus that sounds like a bad drum. <laughs> you can know the difference between a well-tuned uh, drum and how the skins interact with each other. Like it's uh, amazing the amount of information you give yourself with just a well-tuned ear. Yeah. And I mean, you don't even necessarily, uh, the tuning a drum to exact notes or the key of the song or, um, stuff like that. That's not even always the correct choice. Um, mostly tuning the drums so that they sound good with the song. But you can you can do some very musical things and tune to the key of the song or a fifth down from the song or a bunch of stuff like that, which yeah. can be really cool. But mostly making sure they're not like they're not wobbling or the skins aren't growling yeah. and they sound good with the song is, is just so critical. And it's, yeah, it's a definite stereotype that I have heard other people saying, and I have noticed myself throughout the years. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, um, I, I want to go back to, um, one of the first questions I, I said when I, uh, just asked what makes you a good drum, what makes a good drummer. Um, but there's, uh, 
you mentioned in, in, in those words, you mentioned like a drummer should practice and they should, they should be a master of their craft. They should be, you know, putting, investing their time into getting better at the instrument. So like in your mind, let's say someone, uh, a drummer who is wanting to get into bands and playing live music for the first time. Okay. Okay. Um, what do you think a drummer should be? Uh, I guess now I know you're not a drummer, but what do you think a drummer should be practicing the most uh, in order to be kind of successful at uh, playing with other people? Yeah, well, I mean, um, I would say the the first most important thing is to understand how to hold the tempo, understand when to flex the tempo, mm. um, especially if you're starting out working on grips and which grips are going to be right for you and that genre of music. And by grips, I mean the way you're holding your drumsticks because there are a few different ways that you can do that and they have different advantages for different genres. Mm -hmm. And then um, definitely how hard you are hitting the drums. If you're starting out, that's going to be tricky because when you're just starting out and you're working on a song that could have a tempo that's getting a little high for a beginner, you, uh, you could find yourself missing a lot or hitting way too hard. And um, and that can be uh, really hard on the musicians um, that are in the room with you and, um, <laughs> I've and heard or that your before. audience. Yeah. Um, and so uh, definitely um, like different tempos, different time signatures is going to be extremely important, even though, you know, the, a good, good majority of music is going to be 4-4, there's still enough waltzes out there that, that drummers will run into in their life of three, four timing that, um, it's something that beginners should get on. I think right away, at least three, four, 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 mm -hmm. um, potentially like, um, a two, four polka or, um, you know, those three would be a really great place to start. Um, but yeah, definitely tempo timing, grip technique, and being trying to do different genres of music because there are certain things that happen, especially with kit drums, um, that are very genre indicative. And if you don't play different genres, you're not going to run into these things, um, as often. So for example, um, you know, if you were playing punk music or something that would, uh, the, the role of the hi-hat in that punk music would be extremely different than if you were doing dance music, mm. which is going to be putting hits on the hi-hat in very different places and probably being hit considerably less frequently because the tempo is going to be way slower. Yes. And so, yeah, different genres, tempo, timing, technique, grip. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I echo everything you're saying there. Actually, go, I'm going to go back. Speaking of tempo, <laughs> um, I want to ask you a question and I want you to try and settle this debate <laughs> that I have had in my own head and with other people in bands for many, many years. Uh, who, when you're playing live, who decides the tempo of the song? Is it the drummer or is it the band? Is it the leader? Who decides the tempo of the song? I think I have a pretty concrete answer for you. Um, it should be a little bit of everybody and it should be an everybody conversation. However, um, it's very, very likely that um, 
in any song, especially if you're with numerous musicians as a drummer, there's going to be one person that is going to be most affected by a tempo that is too high or too low. Mm. And if, um, that person is going to need to speak up because if their part at the correct tempo is already becoming challenging or on the edge of challenging, then if the drummer uh, happens to pick up the tempo by, you know, 8, 12 or more BPM, it could completely throw that other person under the bus. <laughs> and so all the musicians need to be aware of whose job is the least tempo flexible in that song. And that person and the drummer and the bass player or any of the rhythm section really need to have, you know, smart conversation on, um, on why um, that would affect that person too much. And then also have a conversation about solutions. Um, what are we going to do if this starts happening in the song or how do we prevent it by either um, having your percussionist or drummer um, be either on a metronome or just quickly check with a metronome before they start the song and not necessarily be on it throughout. Um, but yeah, um, it, the person who will be most affected by tempo flex and the rhythm section need to speak so they can talk solution prevention. See, I think that's a very productive answer. And I, I say, I use the word productive because uh, like really you are, we talked about earlier, like the teamwork that's involved with the band is, is super crucial, super crucial. Uh, I think that's, um, in my experience as a drummer, when I started to grow up, it was, that was my role. My role was the timekeeper or, uh, and uh, I would base what my tempo was of what the song I had to learn. Like I would put it on an iPod. That was the time of year I started. Uh, and, uh, and I press play and that's how I learned the tempo. As I started getting into bands and I started practicing with a metronome, I would do exactly kind of what you said. I have a quick, uh, check of the metronome. So I get a rhythm ahead. And then my job was to enforce the met the timing on a tempo and everybody else. Now there's like, um, as you, as I get into bigger bands and I know when working with you, like I use in-ear monitors and, um, that's my role in the band is, is, you know, I do, I give everyone that check for, for metronome and you as, as an experienced musician as yourself, you have a good sense of internal timing, uh, yourself, but I, it's, I've, I've been in scenarios where some people, even guitarists and vocalists have a metronome, uh, in their in-ears. Some people, um, have a metronome like just on the side and it's, they're not listening to it. Some people like it. Some people don't, uh, there's technology now that everybody can hear the metronome through their in-ear monitors. Some people hate that idea, but so, some people are just so resistant to, uh, the metronome. It's well, it's, baffling. A, it's a huge debate. Um, and it really depends on which part of the world you're into mm. and, Unfortunately, in North, the majority of North American music, we're on static tempo and it, um, it works and it's easy to do because having a constant click is kind of the easiest way to keep everybody together. However, it is not actually part of the foundation of music or musical performance. Mm. If you go to other countries, you're going to find that in some other countries on earth, almost every song is tempo flexing all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's what that culture knows and loves. And um, unfortunately, we've lost a lot of that in North America. Now, sometimes um, tempos can be 
temples of time signatures can be difficult or or fast and a metronome is a great thing to help reinforce but you know for anybody that's ever been to a symphony you know um there's a conductor there and they are not a metronome they're just a visual metronome but they're also deciding when the song is going to get faster or slower it will be written in the notes for the musicians mm. and so metronome yeah it's a it's a great tool but i do not think it should be all the time thing for all songs because for example if you are you know doing music like one of my favorite guitar players growing up uh, canadian artist named pavlo well i mean they're doing like a Mediterranean or Mediterranean Greek Latin thing where the songs often get faster and faster and faster throughout the song. And to ask um, a drummer just starting out to program a click that is going to increase throughout the song is just, you know, nearly impossible. And so like timing and tempo and metronome they're all like good tools and guidelines, but in every song there is just going to be this kind of quintessential ether right and wrong which you can only find out more about from exposing yourself to more music mm -hmm. and um and yeah unfortunately we in north america we have lost a lot of that push and pull that can really be awesome now sometimes you're on stage and a song starts speeding up and it's you know and it is too fast and it's just wrong and uh but sometimes you're playing with somebody that's on a click and it would be the perfect opportunity to speed up the song, but then you can't do it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a weird dichotomy of, of what is right and what it's wrong. And the answer is like totally just out there in the ether. And sometimes you have the opportunity to pull it out. Yeah. Yeah. You can really throw somebody, I think, under the bus uh, if you're just just randomly decide to try it at a live setting in front of other people. Uh, I've had that happen many a times uh, in one of my, one of my bands I played with for many times where let's say a guitar, a guitarist is starting the song uh, and he doesn't practice with a metronome, doesn't believe in, you know, a metronome. He believes in playing along with the track. Uh, so he, and he decides not to have a reference for starting the song. So let's say I, as a drummer, have a metronome next to me and I'm, I'm trying to give him the cue, but he's, he's not looking at me. He's just, so he starts to play the song, but he plays a song, the start, the guitar, start of the song really, really slow. And um, all of a sudden my metronome is now off. So now I'm in the back panicking, like, okay, do I just try and force him to come along with me or do I just abandon ship and try and match it and turn off my metronome quickly and try to blend it in? It's, it's, uh, I, I, I understand it's a, it is a quite a difference of opinion with everybody that I work with. And I, I can hear it's kind of the same, same for you as, as what I'm hearing. Yeah. You know, and in, in a situation like that, um, and I am not a drummer, but you know, if somebody was starting the song and they weren't the percussionist and they were starting it either too quick or too slow, I think it would be, very difficult to bring back the metronome enforced tempo. And, uh, you know, it's maybe, uh, a, maybe a person could just, if they have a metronome that lights up 
turn off the sound on your metronome, keep an eye on the light, mm. uh, but follow the band if you can. Because if you're in a symphony and you had this song in your head the way that it was recorded, what you were practicing with, and the conductor is telling you to do this, well, if you don't follow the conductor, it's going to be you who's the guy that's wrong. Yeah. So if, yeah. if somebody is starting the song and you don't play with them, then I would say that that is you know, you would be the guy or whomever is not following the person starting the song. You got to follow that guy. And then maybe you can edge them back to the world of correctness as the yeah. song goes on. Yeah. But to have some sort of like really sloppy, ugly sort of tempo change that is super weird might might not be the move. Maybe the song would have a good break for with which the drummer could turn his or her metronome back on or focus back in on it and re-cue everybody. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be a very song to song type thing. But definitely if somebody is starting the song and you just start playing 20 BPM faster than they are, I would say that would be maybe not the right choice as a progressionist. Yeah, yeah. that's a fail. <laughs> that's a fail. You would, that would be very audible to hear that. Like you'd be, you could hear that probably as a, on the, on the fan side of it. Well, and the other musicians would, it would readjust to the yeah. drums right away. Yeah. But is that, was that the right call? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If you're in a symphony, definitely wrong call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although that light idea is actually a great, is a great suggestion actually. And especially uh, for anyone out there who uh, is starting bands, uh, it's a great way to work together and all of you uh, kind of focus on tempo together at the same time. You, there's lots of great metronome apps that have flashing lights. The whole screen will flash. You put that in the front of, you know, in the center of your jam space and everyone can use that as a reference to follow along with. It's uh, I think I think that would be absolutely helpful. Yeah. yeah. And even, you know, even if. um uh, sometimes in song, uh, a percussionist or a musician might have a little bit of hang time um, while they're hanging a note or a crash or something. And if they didn't have the metronome on in their ear, they could at least look down that light and, be, and yeah. see it go like yeah. a blank, 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 blank. Yeah. This is how fast it's supposed so to really be. You're taking, yeah. you're taking uh, like audio cues, like what you hear, and then you what you see as well is is cues as well of how to go fast. So that's that's a great that's a great idea, Max. I'm glad you said that. Um, so I, I want to be respective of your time, Max, because I, I know you have another gig to go to today. But uh, before you go, uh, I, I'd like to just ask, you've gave a lot of great wisdom today of uh, of like what you think is a good drummer and, uh, you know, just some things that you've seen and uh, and work with different genres. So if you could sum it up for me, <laughs> not to put the pressure on you, but if I could sum it, if you could sum it up for me and if there's a young aspiring drummer who wants to get working with bands out there listening to this podcast uh, as a musician yourself, who's played it all, who's recorded it all, who's, who's worked with lots of people and, and, and coached lots of people in bands before, what would, what kind of advice would you give them to, uh, to start playing with bands? You know, it's really funny that you should ask that. Cause I, I mean, we've already talked about so many technical aspects of what is drumming and what is important for drumming and everything. And um, for young drummers, the biggest tip, dr drummers or any other musicians, if you're going to begin playing in bands, there's a few really critical things you have to be ready for. You have to be emotionally ready for working with people that are going to have different opinions than you. You have to be ready to... You have to be ready and willing to sometimes do things musically that you don't think are right, but you 
It's it's a very sharing teamwork environment, and um, you know, for a drummer, you might you might fight tooth and nail with with a, a young band that is full of fresh young ideas, and and then you might spend most of your time together as a band having a really negative experience, and so you know. If you're a young aspiring musician and you want to begin playing in bands, you should be you should try to understand that it's an environment of sharing and giving and taking and to just kind of emotionally be above it and if there's ever times where your newly formed band is having a hard time moving forward, if you're noticing that you, it's you're spending a lot of time arguing about things and not playing music. Well, try to be a solution to those things, even if it means you have to um, to not think that you're right on a certain thing that you're sure you're right on. Um, you know, uh, especially for young aspiring musicians getting into bands because it's a really intense time. And then also uh, beyond that. Um, um, there's a lot of musicians out there nowadays and it's really easy to, to get hooked up with them. And so, you know, finding the people that you get a good feeling off of is going to be really important. Um, and also I would strongly suggest that people do not devote themselves only to their first, you know, one or two bands. Cause you, you, you have the opportunity to learn so much from other drummers, other musicians, like even if you're going to start playing in bands, great, start your band, but don't stop playing with other musicians because it's just once you get out there and you can start to soak up all of the tricks and the knowledge, it's, um, it's really great. But yeah, definitely be emotionally ready to work with other musicians that have a lot of strong emotions and big ideas. That, that's absolutely, absolutely true. Thank you so much for sharing your insight on that. Uh, before we go, um, I, I want to promote you. I want to promote you this hamburger Island thing. Like it's the, the best, a, the best Instagram handle there possibly is. Uh, I highly recommend people give you a follow, but how can people be fans of you? Where can they find you? Um, there's uh, stuff on YouTube. Um, there's stuff on Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, if you look up Hamburger Island, you will find it. And it's um, a variety of different genres and sometimes and hopefully more of uh, soon with other musicians um, doing things together and having guests. But generally, it's either instrumental music or kind of like beats or sometimes some rappy things, sometimes a little live performance clips but um a lot of um you know uh instrumental type compositions uh almost always original music that i've written or have written with other people yeah every time i see you you're showing me uh some new originals that you're working with or uh or you're making or uh and that was that's always something that's been fascinating me how creative you can be so kudos to you my friend you've made you've made yourself a a heck of a um a culture with, with music, uh, with Hamburger Island, but also just the way you, you handle yourself, producer. Every time I jam with you, it's such a pleasure, my friend. I, I really like, love working with you. Oh, and it's, yeah, it's my pleasure for coming down and, and talking about some, some things that are hopefully going to, uh, get people more interested in drumming and, um, and, uh, 
you know, I know for a fact that um, all the BH uh, Drum Academy stuff that you do is, you know, super entertaining and also super, super helpful for people that are looking to learn more about uh, drumming, the basics of drums and then getting into more advanced concepts. And yeah, so it's just, uh, you know, what you're doing is excellent stuff, Ben. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you for your time. Um, And uh, we'll see you next jam, eh? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Okay. Hey, I hope you enjoyed uh, our interview with Max Dupas. Uh, Really great conversation. Really all of our own. Great guy. Uh, And feel free to reach out to Hamburger Island uh, to really get a a good sense of what he does. There's some great, he puts us in great content and he can answer lots of questions. Send him a message. He's always such a welcoming guy. Um, And uh, also just a reminder as well, uh, we talked a lot about drums in this episode, uh, but don't forget there's also lots of great free resources available on my website that bhdrumacademy.com. There's lots of videos. There's videos on how to tune your drums. There is uh, some great videos of how to hold your drumsticks, how to set up a good practice routine. Uh, And don't forget, I have instructional videos. I do lessons. So if you're in the Winnipeg, Manitoba area in Canada, uh, please feel free to reach out. I love to to be your teacher. Uh, And I can also do lots of remote recordings and everything like that. Uh, sick plug for myself, but <laughs> uh, hey, that's what I have a podcast for. Uh, but until next time, my friends, uh, get yourself practicing those drums and we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>